Did you know that United Healthcare helps connect you to doctors and therapists with 24-7 access to virtual care? So I could have therapy from my couch? Yep. Or a doctor appointment from my car? If you wanted to. Wait, you're right. I don't even like when people see me sing in the car. Couch appointment it is. Virtual visits are just one of the ways United Healthcare helps connect you to better health. Learn more at uhc.com. Plan benefits may vary. Everyone loves shopping online. Well, I'm going to tell you what I tell my golf buddies when they buy clubs. Stop searching for coupon codes. Download Capital One Shopping to your computer. Capital One Shopping instantly searches for available coupon codes and automatically applies them at checkout. Plus, it's free, and you don't even need a Capital One card to use it. That's like hitting a hole in one without even trying. Capital One Shopping. It's kind of genius. What's in your wallet? Savings and available coupons vary. The Sex Edwardton podcast is recorded on the traditional territory of many nations, including the Mississaugas of the Credit, the Anishinaabeg, the Chippewa, the Haudenosaunee, and the Wendat peoples, and is now home to many diverse First Nations, Inuit, and Métis people. We acknowledge that Toronto is covered by Treaty 13, signed with the Mississaugas of the Credit, and the Williams Treaty, signed with multiple Mississaugas and Chippewa bands. You're listening to Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> Welcome to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. I am your host, Tim. I am a sex educator. I identify as chaotically gay. (laughs) And I'm currently wearing a 12-inch dildo because I feel like with all the sex I'm not having, it feels like I've just gained my virginity all over again. Fucking corona. Fuck. Anyways, my guest today is very handsome, very talented. (laughs) He's a podcast entrepreneur. He is a comedian, very, very funny. And you're also an author, which is amazing. He has my heart. And one day I hope he can have my asshole, Mr. Jordan Power. That's all I wanted to hear is that I could have your asshole one day. (laughs) It's yours for the taking one day when this is all over. (laughs) I only only top younger guys. That's kind of been my thing. I don't know how old you are, though. I just... I just turned 28 last week. Oh, there you go. Yeah. There you go. I tend to go to like 21. I mean. Oh, okay. So you're a cradle robber. I, I just did it. In the, I did it like a little while ago. And I was like, oh, this is fun too. I don't oh, know. Yeah. I like everything. You like them with like braces. I like them when they have algebra homework. And I just. Oh, like, yes. Ugh. I have friends that used to date guys like that. Like they would like, you'd see them and you'd be like, well, can we see your ID? Like it was that bad. <laughs> <laughs> you would need to check for fake IDs every single time you get a new hookup and everything. Yeah. <laughs> so, Jordan, first of all, I want you to introduce yourself to our listeners who don't know who you are, which means they live under a rock. But Exactly. That's what I was going to say. Um, I am a comedian in Toronto. I used to host a podcast called Shame on You, which is how Tim found out about me uh with my best friend and it was downloaded i don't know it was ridiculous it's probably like two million downloads now um just it completely exploded i ruined my personal life uh a lot of people hated me uh but i mean a lot of good came out of it i mean a lot of people came out of the closet and became more comfortable with themselves 
So I was a sacrificial lamb. And then I released a book called Famous Anus. And now I host a podcast called Unmentionable, which isn't gay. Um, it's still gay-ish, but it's, it's broader and it's more like... Gay-ish in the sense that you'll drop a butt joke every now and then. Uh, and I will have... I've also had two gay porn stars on the show. Perfect. Um, yeah, I don't abandon my roots, Timmy. Oh. <laughs> but, um, no, I mean, I'm happy more fun this show is more fun for me truly because i don't really talk about my sex life anymore and it allows me to have a little bit of a personal life mm -hmm. which is like you know boundaries you know we stand boundaries <laughs> yeah. so jordan what's new first of all like wh what have you been doing besides unmentionable i from what i can tell on social media you are now a new dog daddy yes i i, I so i rescued a dog uh i got it <gasps> so He's so cute. He's um, so adorable. You know, he's like, okay, so he's a rescue. Someone dropped him off at a shelter. He's very abused. Like, it's clear. Like, oh, fuck. Him. And he goes like this. Like... And so the first day, he wouldn't let me come near him. And then uh, he really, like, 180'd. Like, he went from that to, like, a day later. Like, he jumped in my bed. He's kissing my face. And now he's really bonded to me because it's just me here. Um, he's the Aww. best. In love i feel that feeling when you have butterflies and you like someone i feel that feeling for him it's that's so cute dogs change your life for the better what's his what's his or her name bruce bruce what kind of dog is he bruce is a mix of a lot of things i don't really know it just says bully mix on his paperwork <laughs> he's a mutt, <laughs> uh, he's a mutt. I, he looks pretty pitbull to me but that's kind of the rule in ontario you're not supposed to have pitbulls so he's he can get by because he's a mix right he's of a chocolate lab so his papers say lab he's a wolf in sheep's clothing <laughs> yeah, scary at night tim like when i walk like people are because he looks black at night he's actually chocolate brown but he looks black his eyes go red because of the cold yeah jacked like he's like a built dog so it looks like there's like a someone said it looked like a panther coming towards mm. you which is so fitting because like that's a hellhound and you don't have a soul so that's right that's right that's exactly how you describe it <laughs> <laughs> oh my god <laughs> you guys are the best <laughs> um okay so i wanted to bring you on here mainly because of um your experience your firsthand experience with publicizing your own shame <clears throat> on shame on you yeah. i want to ask you first of all what in your own words is shame to you how does it manifest in your life um, because the dictionary definition of shame is like this profound feeling of distress when you're conscious about something about you, something that is wrong about you. But that's so meh. So I want to know how you define your shame. Well, I think my old show particularly was um, residual gay shame. You know, uh, like I think we grow up where our emotional development is stymied in a lot of ways as gay men. And I think that we are, we live a caricature or we're chameleons or all kinds of things. And I don't think you ever really realize how much of it is affecting your life, your self-esteem uh, until you explore it. And I think the thing about shame on you is that like, we just went in balls to the walls. Like it was, I think when you're gay, there's a culture of reticence that's encouraged and mm -hmm. you know you really went into that show saying this is all or nothing this is 100 percent or in or out and i think that's why it was so popular because i don't think that m gay men had spoke 
to a really large audience in that manner before. I mean, it was filthy. That's really just like one way of putting it. But it really was nothing more than like, I always kind of, when people say I'm outrageous and the things I write about my book or talk about, I sort of just go like, <clears throat> if you think about it, like the things I talk about, STIs, shitting in someone's shower during anal, like all the things I talk about, like those are things that have maybe- A not typical Tuesday night. Yeah, but like they've happened to millions and millions and millions of people, like hundreds of millions of people have had an STI, but like we can't talk about it. And so for me, I think shame with that show was just everything that I, every voice that told me to just be quiet, I just ignored it. And I even more than Brad, and I just went. And it was like all my personal life, all the aspects of that. And um, truly, by the end, I really felt like so powerful. I felt like not only did, did the proof of concept work, but that like, Everything was fine, except my personal life, which also took a hit. But I, I felt like I left a mark on the world with that show, really. Like the emails that we used to get and the people. I mean, we listen. People really wanted us dead. And also other people really loved us. It was extremely polarizing. But we changed people's lives, if only for a brief moment. And I feel proud to be gay and who I am. I'm sorry for those hate mails. I was just jealous of your success. <laughs> I'll call off the hitman. I can see why people wouldn't like me truly. And I can see why people would love me. Like, you know, that's just part of life. I don't, I don't work to be liked anymore. That's kind of just stupid, but people really like me that like me. No, that's such a weird way to live life. Just to have to fix everything about yourself. Just so everyone you meet is like, Oh, you're the greatest person ever. I love you. Let's hang out. Like I'm the opposite. Stay away yeah, from me. That's probably, why, that's probably why you like me because you see a little bit of yourself in me in a way. And I think that's like I that the kind of guys I meet are guys like you. Like, mm-hmm. you know, I see myself in you. Right. Literally. Exactly. Well, yeah. Thanks, Tim. But also, <laughs> like I there's guys that I meet that are really shy and fans of mine. And I think they see in me something they want to be. And I've had that feedback, too. I've also had feedback of please kill yourself. So, you know, it's all over the place. <laughs> Oh, it's brutal. It's one or the other. Um, what is your earliest memory of feeling ashamed about something? Oh, when I was younger, uh, I just uh, I had a terrible lisp. I had chronic acne. I was the kid that would just make people laugh to survive. Truly, that's why I became adept at this, just because it was the only way I could survive was to make people laugh while they were teasing me. Um, and I just knew there was something wrong with me and something I need to hit hide. And you know, when you're like five years old and you're dancing around your mom's house and you're flamboyant, nobody tells you no. Um, mm-hmm. in my situation, I'm lucky that way. I'm sure some parents do, but I just knew to be this exuberant kid that was unbridled. And then I got one to be, you know, age 12 and everyone's teasing me. And I started to hide the parts of myself that I really enjoyed, um, that have brought me where I am today. And I just remember trying to just change my voice or change who I was, or you, you have, become quiet, right? You don't want every to get- gay guy has the straight voice. Yes, I know. I, I, I don't know if I do like a voice with the podcast because people meet me and they say my voice is the same, but I'm sure over time I subconsciously like changed it. It's a survival mechanism. It's code switching. Like I'm just trying to get through the sidewalk without being called a faggot. only in bed for that one only in bed oh my god if a guy calls me a faggot in bed you don't even have to touch me i will jizz all over your face right what is is it because we're taking the power back is that what that is i feel like when we use taboo words in the bedroom because in the bedroom we have 
total control of everything. So when we get rid of that negative, demeaning, denigrating power of a slur, we are empowering ourselves. Mm. I really like that. That is, so, no, it's, it's true. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so you said that you were pretty lucky to be in a household that encouraged who you are. Um, were there environments that were like conducive to sexual shame, like religious or cultural? Um, I was raised Catholic. Like I was ra- raised in the Catholic. I, uh, so I'm sure there was a bit of that. Um, oh, wow. You're gay and you have repression. Never heard uh, of that before. So original, eh? Jesus. That's so new. But I'm just always been a really sexual person. I just uh, like, I'm just, I just never cared. I think that's the thing. I would like, you know, I, I was, I have this innate insecurity as a comedian where like, I think the reason people love me is because I make them laugh. And I think that's, and as I got older, I realized there's other reasons, but I also just kind of was like, I used to fuck guys and do things like in my book for attention. And I used to, it's just because I knew if I slept with my boss and I went to brunch with my friends that I could make them laugh. And that was important to me. And I was think that's what I thought people expected out of me. So my sexual escapades just became content I shared like on Shame on You. It was just I mined my personal life for content like an idiot. And, <laughs> and I took one for the team pretty much with that show because afterwards like people were terrified of me. And for good reason. I was literally like interviewing people I had sex with. like, Which is so weird. Like, I mean, I personally don't see how someone can be terrified of you that that's probably because it's biased but like because you're confident that's why well i mean i'd rather call myself blissfully ignorant than confident (laughs) i walk through this world just thinking oh did i forget to turn off the stove (laughs) every day (laughs) every day every day or like when when i'm walking out the house and i'm thinking fuck did i lock the door wait i do have a memory of locking the door. I'm too far already. Fuck. I, now I got to go back. That's anxiety. Just yeah. Anxiety. That's yeah. it. And that's all that goes through my head rather than thinking, oh, that guy's cute. He's out of my league. <laughs> like, that's lame. There's yeah. no such thing as a league. That's stupid. <laughs> Do you have any shame that's not revolving your sexual orientation? Like, shame about your work or... Just something a little more, a little more original. <laughs> I mean, I'm one of the rare people that really does actually like themselves. I And I know like people are like, that was kind of the old thing with the old show. People thought it was like a shtick. I'm like, no, it's like a thing where like, I enjoy myself and everyone wants me to hate myself. And so they get angry and they're like, please hate yourself like me. And that was kind of the, the genesis of a lot of the comments that I was getting was just like, Jordan thinks too highly of himself. And I just was kind of just like, why don't, okay, but like, you can like yourself too. I'm not responsible for that. Yeah. It was like, I became responsible for how people felt about me. Listen, I have physical insecurities like everyone else. I mean, like when I put on weight and stuff, I, you know, it bothers me and your hair, my hair. I mean, I lost fucking a hole in my hair last year. That was a nightmare. Oh, that's great. Yeah. It's almost back now, but I, I just like, there was little things, you know, like I'm, I'm a human, but personality wise and everything like that. I'm just like, I, do I've always just thought great of myself. Like when I was a kid, my mom was like, yeah, you just always thought you were the funniest and the smartest. I'm clearly not the funniest and the smartest person, but I genuinely go through life and I'm like, I'm a pretty fucking great guy. Like I, I know it's rare, but no, Jordan, that's not allowed. You got to be down here with us. 
that's what it is. They He's want self-deprecating. I, that, but that's my problem with like, uh, and I rail against the far left a lot of my podcasts is because, I mean, I consider myself a liberal guy, but I'm sort of like in a disaffected liberal and the far, far left people I know. Listen, I'm the same. I, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I would consider myself a liberal, but I'm not like, let's hug a Nazi liberal. Yes. <laughs> yes. Also, like, I think other people get to have other opinions of my own and I don't need to suppress them. And like this crazy shit, like I have liberal friends who are like the problem when you start sliding. This is my theory. And it's kind of backed. But when you start, you slide to the far left, you slide into victimhood. Right. Hmm. What happens is you buy into that thing that all your problems in your life have to do with patriarchy, racism, blah, blah, blah. blah. And those things are real, but they're not everything. Mm-hmm. You know? Why you're not where you are at life, maybe it's because you slept in, you didn't study enough, you didn't network enough. There's a million reasons, right? But mm-hmm. I know people who are far left and they they blame everyone for their problems. But also on the far right, I find as you slide to the right, you become unempathetic. And that's why I can never really be a like a right wing person. Like I do watch some of those shows, but I can never go f- too far right because at the end of the day, it's too selfish. I agree. Like. When I see those weird tweets from, like, people who you would think are left, but they're right. Like, what's his name? Christian Walker. <laughs> oh, so entertaining, though. I do follow him because I follow people that are crazy. Like, I love 40. You know I love that bitch. <laughs> love that bitch. I would have her on my show. People are yelling at me. They're like, you better not fucking have her on your show. I'm like, it's my fucking show. Show, do whatever the hell you want. How do you talk to you disagree with? Oh my god. It's it's just so weird. I mean, you and I, I think we both have this obsession with the insanity of <laughs> the cultural what? zeitgeist. Oh yeah. my god. I mean, I went through this whole 90 day fiance thing because I love seeing straight people miserable. <laughs> <laughs> if you've yeah. never seen not 90 day fiance, it's great if you want to feel good about yourself. <laughs> or anything on TLC because it's total trash. <laughs> I, I, I know they call it the learning channel. I'm like, who's learning from this? Nobody's learning shit. <laughs> Thousand pound people. I'm like, what is? It's gross. This, I don't. I don't watch, I'm a nerd. I like don't yeah. watch anything but documentaries. We're not fat shamers here on Shame on You or oh or Sex Ed with Tim. <laughs> I call it yours. You know what it is though. Like I and I think probably why. This is the thing. Everything lives in the nuance, right? We don't live in a mm. nuance now it's like because like it's like the lizzo situation i've explained this a million times i literally have people they don't listen i said you should if you're overweight you should be able to get love you should be able to wear a bathing suit uh blah 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 a hundred percent you deserve as much love as anyone else Mm. i also will not play this game where like these people dying at 350 of coronavirus at 38 we're supposed to go they were healthy i just can't do it it's it's Mm -hmm. fake no for sure i mean you can't just have things so it's not black and white right that's basically what it is um the news is black and white now exactly you're either fox news or cnn or whatever the hell it is so a little bit more on shame and how it deals with sexuality um to our heterosexual audience Screw you, breeders. Screw you, nationalist breeders. And how, like, how does it work? I don't know how your mechanics. <laughs> I have a huge, like, a really big straight audience now with my new show. It's really oh. branching out in a good way. Really? I, I welcome anyone. 
I have guys who like hold, they have a fish, they're holding up a fish and they're like, have like three kids and they live in Ohio. And I'm like, you're a fan of mine. Cool. That's awesome. Yeah. That's the, the diversity and the representation we want. Not to be dramatic, but I'm obsessed with how much I just saved at Kohl's. I got 25% off Nike clothes for the kids. The cutest $39.99 flex hoodie for me. And got great Columbia gear for all our outdoor adventures. Did I mention the extra 20% off and the Kohl's cash I got? So, yeah, not sure what I love more, fall deals or fall weather. Select styles. 20% offer ends October 3rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or kohls.com for details. This Halloween. No, that's impossible. <laughs> don't get caught. Did you check the basement or the bedroom? Without the perfect thing. <laughs> They're both out. To treat every taste. Well, that's it. We're out of Fanta. No! This Halloween, don't live with the horror of being without Fanta. Get yours today. <laughs> no, um, I want to get your interpretation of what is the closet? What How is does it? it? Yeah, what is our, as we as gay people, we live or we're expected to be coming out of the closet. So what does it mean? What does the closet mean? How does it manifest in our life as queer people? Um. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I think of the closet. Well, maybe, maybe fully coming out of the closet is that last residual gay shame is that you finally step out of the closet. You know, some people live probably with one foot still in the closet um, and they don't even realize it in themselves. Um, I can say doing the show, like, I think what I realized, the biggest thing I realized and, and truly why I like the YouTube comments are off and kind of I, I am actually very like disconnected from the audience. And you don't I even put. Yeah, but people think I'm a dick and I'm really not. It's just I, I, I got abused for 16 months and I just went, yeah, I don't need this. I'm doing this for you. Like, it doesn't cost any money. Like, but I just realized that gay men are so fucking damaged. Like, they are beyond like it, the, the response to that show of people that hated me was so incongruous with what I was saying. Like, people were like so angry. And I, and I understand. I think it's because we are deeply traumatized people and we fly off the handle and we're, we have this hypervigilance. And I think I think part the final step of the coming out of the closet is peace, peace with yourself, peace with your surroundings, peace with disagreeing with people, harmony with your environment. Not like not everyone's your fucking enemy. Like, so it's that paranoia that I really got rid of. Um, and I just truly don't give a fuck about the sex. Like, I, I'll I'll get an Uber now and I can tell they're homophobic. I start talking about sex, gay sex. <laughs> I, I, I know i'm like i have to pop down more doors <laughs> you get in an uber and then uh you'll just start randomly saying oh i've got like anal beads in my bag right yeah. now <laughs> i was like so i was fucking this guy last night they're like sir what is your name <laughs> who are you oh this one time um it was so funny i was coming home from work and i'm like i'm really horny right now um so I got got an Uber, got home, went on the grinder, and guess who was the first guy to respond to my profile? My Brad. Uber driver. Oh, dude, that <laughs> happened to me too. You were at the live show. Were you at our channel live show? I was. Remember when we put we put that up on the screen? It happened yeah. 
said hire you and I got out at Woody's. I looked at my phone and said hire you and my Uber. And I was like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's... Texting and driving too. Like, why? First of all, texting and driving, no, 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 no. Second, isn't that crossing some sort of boundary? Like no, David, but this is what I talk about the pain. I had my therapist. This story you you know, but my audience probably doesn't know. My therapist, he's dead now, actually. I found out the other day. He uh the one that sent you nudes. He's he's dead, yeah. But he sent uh, me photos of himself. Yeah. Oh I mean, God. That's so odd. I how was he able to practice while that was on his shoulders? Well, I talked about it on Shame on You, and I got mm-hmm. eight and 48 hours naming his name and i never used his name oh my god well you know what good for you you took the high road i probably would not be as gracious (laughs) yeah but i feel like i have this soft spot for people in pain that i'm just sort of like i'll be fine but i just i'm like god this person is really i don't want to like kill we're kindred spirits yeah i don't want like i don't want i don't want someone to be hurt but like but also, you're not responsible for healing the hurt. Correct. Great. Well, you must have a podcast. It's a beautiful <laughs> Oprah line. Thank you for sharing. <laughs> <laughs> Who's Oprah? Oh, this is God. Tim here. This is the Sex Ed with Tim podcast, and everything we do is unprofessional and faggotry. Faggotry. Did you like that clip I posted about me calling myself a faggot? Did you see how? Did you see how the guests got? That's the thing that's so interesting now with this woke culture. I said faggot. She was a straight woman who got offended at me using the word faggot she was like don't use that word and it's like no it's our word it's our word that would be like going literally going to a black guy and being like oh don't you can't use the n-word it's the word. no word. it's their word but the woke this is when the woke identity politics it turns you into a fucking robot lunatic oh my god when it becomes the woke olympics that's when it oh. becomes so weird like all i want to do is watch a soldier reunite with his dog and then somewhere in the comments is like don't support this soldier it's the military they're so white supremacy yeah they're contributing to environmental change like i just want to have 30 seconds of sentiment is that so wrong (laughs) yeah (laughs) for fuck's sake (laughs) so um you were pretty candid in both your book and on the show about a specific individual that was in the closet by the name of Eli. Uh Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, give us, give us a, without going into too much or however comfortable you're talking about it, give us like a TLDR. What's the, I'm not, I'm not woke. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Too long. Didn't read. So it's like a summary. Oh, um, (laughs) sure. Yeah. The last chapter of my book. Well, I did it. So actually jerk shame on you. Okay. Guys, listen, this is how, this is, I, I mean, you're welcome for everyone that enjoyed that podcast, but it really fucking ruined my life. Like, I don't have my best friend anymore. Like, there's a lot of issues. But I'll I mean, be your I, best friend. Thank you. I got on the thing and on the podcast, and I, I talking about this guy. I was like, because pretty much while we were recording, it was all going down. So it was like, you know, I was recapping, and he put me through fucking hell. But literally, I dated this guy who was like emotionally and physically abusive, and just really made me feel like I'm a really self aware guy, and I was felt like I, my head was spinning. He. You know, one day he wants to marry me. The next day he won't answer my text. It was just complete gaslighting, not not so. Uh, but it made me grow up, and it really made me like have that last step of just non-negotiables to say like, yeah, I'm never gonna allow that to happen to myself. I don't. I will never do that. Um, it truly was like the silver lining was that it made me like. It was kind of towards the end of shame on you. I was going to therapy, and I grew up, and so it taught me about loving yourself, and that like also 
you know, we do this thing with people where we imagine what they could be one day. You're dating them and you're like, yeah, they're flawed, but like I can you idealize them. Yeah, I can change them. They'll, they'll change for me. Mm-mm. And I yeah. now I just go I, if I meet people and they have problems, I just go bye. I'm out like immediately. You know, on shame on you, there was something that you said that resonates with me until this day. And oh. it's kind of it's kind of what led up to me launching this podcast. And you said when someone is in the closet, the hate that they have for themselves will always outweigh the yeah. love. Yeah. What was it? The hate that they have for themselves will always outweigh the love that they have for you. Or that you have for them. That you have for them. Yeah. And I was like, shit. I paused. I sat down in my room, turned off the lights, and just fucking thought about it. Because... <laughs> wow, was- I, feel so, I feel so, like, <laughs> prophetic. No, because... It, it hit me in a, it hit a little too close to home because I also dated someone that was in the closet. Mm. Uh, he ended up cheating on me three times. Yeah. So, man, all guys. Mm. Yeah. And the funny thing is, he ended up dating an ex of mine. So I had to see that get flaunted in front of my face for a year and a half. Uh, so that was fun <laughs> and this is why social media is the worst because you can't run away mm-hmm. from anything yeah no it's disgusting real quick i want to touch upon the social media phenomenon known as gays over covid do you know about it well you know i've talked about it on my show is that what <laughs> yes but let's talk about it here on this show well, you know what it ties in with your theme of shame because i've mm-hmm. read an amazing yep. book uh john ronson uh, please, please read it. It's one of the best books I've ever read. It's called So You've Been Publicly Shamed. Text, it, text it to me. <laughs> it's, uh, it's called So You've Been Publicly Shamed, and it's about uh, just having a moment of pause before you act like an animal on social media, not knowing the, what the repercussions are. Like He talks about the story of Justine Sacco and, and different people that have been shamed on public media or public social media and have killed themselves. And so I, after I read that book, it really teaches you empathy and, it, and makes you realize we're, not, we're all flawed. And we all fuck up and there needs to be a path to redemption. And sometimes if you just act quickly and act like children, you can make damage. And so my thoughts on gays over COVID is like, obviously, in the situation that situation that I we are in, I don't support, you know, large gatherings, parties and stuff like that. But I, I also don't think people who've read a lot or know <laughs> understand what happens when you build a culture of informants. Perhaps you pick up a book every now and then. Jesus. In the 40s. Would you like to read that one? <laughs> When you build a culture of informants, the long, uh, the implications are that you don't trust your neighbor. It sows distrust among your entire community. Mm. Um, it, you you create a culture of rats of people that, and it does not end well. It will not end well. Mm-mm. So putting people's faces on the internet into perpetuity when you don't know the full story of what like happened, you know, if they're vaccinated, you know, if they quarantine, mm-hmm. and just letting that fly, I think is really irresponsible. And so I don't support. I don't support any of that shit. Yeah, I agree. Um, Not too long ago, I was guilty of doing that uh, during the George Floyd, um, like the summer of 2020, when the George Floyd incident happened. And I was calling out gay porn stars left and right. Mm. on like, hey, how come you don't have it? Oh, God. The cyber war that I incited and all my DMs were filled with like, who the fuck do you think you are? I'm like, well, 
I think I'm better than you. That's what I think I am. So, ooh, um, it's that... just, it's cataclysmic. It, it sets off a series of events that you can't control. And I just think, I don't know. I I don't really participate in social media. I literally post my stuff and I leave. Like people think I'm kidding. I post and I'm out because it's very. That's, it. that's that's a healthy relationship you have with social media because it's all theatrics there, and I can't sit down in a theater for eight hours on end consuming every single thing I see. Right. That's weird. Um, so we've talked about the origins of shame, how shame has manifested. I want to leave the listeners with something a little more um, hopeful. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the right person to talk to. No, I'm like, <laughs> the world's over every day. I mean, I'm sorry. I don't know if you listened to the episode I did called Collapsed. I mean, oh, I've yet to listen to that. Dark. <laughs> I love it. I am that meme, that dog drinking coffee while everything around it is on fire. That yeah. is me. This is fine. No, um, about overcoming shame because you don't seem like you've ever been in the closet. Have you? Uh, well, I was in the closet till I was 23. Oh, okay. Yeah. So what is like, um, let's start with the feeling of coming out. Like, what, was it like just one big gay fiesta or was it more of like a process? It was a pig roast. Oh, um, okay. There, they were watching. It was beautiful. So you came out and then all of a sudden a penis in your butt and a penis in your mouth and then boom. And a camera crew. And, my and a camera crew. Yeah. That's so, an expensive coming out. Yeah, but you got to commit, right? You, you got to go full out uh, or go revoke your gay card. My coming out was actually hilarious because it was my mom realized my this story I like never told on Shame on You, which is kind of ridiculous that I didn't. Uh, my Ooh, I found my dad, uh, on a gay porn site called squirt.org and told my mom, and that was oh, the, yeah. their divorce. <laughs> Oops. Oopsies. Not good. Uh, so, <laughs> That was the basis for their divorce. And then I kind of in the in the flurry of activity surrounding that, I when my mom was already traumatized, she was like, what the fuck's going on? And then I like slid in there. I was like, by the way, I'm gay. <laughs> um, Did you have a good support system at your coming out? Amazing. And like I got really lucky with shame on you. I still would have done shame on you if I even if I came from a homophobic family because I'm mm -hmm. pretty fearless that way. Mm -hmm. uh, but I just um my mom like was been so supportive. She doesn't treat me any different than my sisters, which is great. Like I don't get that thing where it's like half support, you know, like, yeah, I don't talk about it at Christmas. I get like full support. My mom still isn't a shame on you, which is fucking amazing. Like my Aww, mom like, even behind a paywall. Oh, she paid for the Patreon and like sometimes I'd, forget, I'd fly off the fucking handle and then she'd be like, Why don't you say the fucking whatever? But that's so cute. My parents would never do that. Yeah, I mean, I got lucky that way. My mom's just proud of me, like that I've created things and they've been successful. She's proud of that. But like, uh, she supported me in a lot of ways. And I just, I don't know. She like, I think that's what helped me get over a lot of things. It's just cause I feel like I'm like, what do I have to complain about, about being gay anymore? I mean, I don't think it's ever going to be ideal during my lifetime, mm -hmm. but, um, I'm proud of the mark I left in the way that like shame on you and my book and stuff. And I kind of wrote the books I needed as a gay guy. Like I really, mm -hmm. everything I've created by myself has been like, because I needed this as a, as a gay kid. And even with unmentionable, like the show 
the cool thing about that show, which was happening with Shame on You, is now I have a big straight audience and they're like getting educated at, about gay shit while also laughing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That's the way. And so like I think that's how you make inroads because like some of these gay podcasts that are like shit and I don't want to name their names, but <laughs> I know which ones I know <laughs> hated shame on you because we had like three times the downloads of all of them, but that's fine, whatever. But I mean, there it is again, gays putting other gays down. Well, I just call it like it is. I mean, yeah. I, it's not gays. I'll put anyone down. But <laughs> I, they hated us because we were just sort of like, not only were we doing better than them, but we just took bigger risks, you know? And, and I think that's the biggest thing is like, we had to go so far out there to make that show successful. So now I just don't care. And like, I, they, oh, the point is I'm making, sorry, they didn't have, they didn't have, they had a gay audience, only audience. Right, right. They were funny. So we had mm. tons of straight guys, tons of women. That's how you make inroads with people don't that don't agree with you or understand you. Having a gay circle jerk for fucking 500 people who already are on your team, it doesn't mm. really do much. No, it doesn't. So that was the cool thing about Shame on You. When they used to shit on my show, I'm like, you've everyone listens to your show is pro LGBT. We had fucking conservatives from Arkansas listening to our show. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I'd be interesting once I get the statistics of this episode to see, like, if there are Republicans or conservatives or anyone repressed that just wants to jerk off to your voice and turn up the bass. <laughs> I get that a lot. It, <laughs> my voice is very. Eh. <sighs> Okay, so I just want to wrap this up in a little bow. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, what do you want to tell the listeners on overcoming shame or at least coping with shame? Uh, just push through uncomfortable moments. That's really what you have to do. You have to push through every every when you feel that visceral feeling in your gut like i shouldn't be talking about this i shouldn't be saying this that's the voice of you denying you who you really are really and so i think i think like the cool thing about shame on you is that like when we were doing that like we were just me and brad in his apartment getting drunk and high pretty much every episode (laughs) and and it was so fun right because it was just two friends and we and then it became this big thing but we never really were until we looked at the stats and we could see everyone listening around the world we never really like realized it and that was the cool thing is we just pushed through those moments and if and i think the thing is is people would give me shipping like you shouldn't talk about chlamydia you shouldn't talk about everything and i just i would just go why and no one ever gave me a good answer and I think it's because they just weren't as brave as me. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm not responsible for how you feel. Why would I listen to someone giving me advice when they don't even follow their own advice? Yeah, I uh. mean, I don't, I don't listen to anyone. <laughs> I'm a very unique person. No, you are. So, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on. I will let you go. Uh, but before we part ways, just one more time, do you have anything to plug? And where can people find you? Uh, that my OnlyFans is. No. <laughs> hey, I will subscribe. I will be your first subscriber as long as there is fisting. Oh, no, I would never do that. <laughs> That's my poor asshole. It's already had surgery on it. Imagine I'm like, and now <laughs> we're already pushing a 10 centimeter <laughs> dilation. <laughs> Listen, people thought I, some interesting happened when we talk about sex. People also think that you are, you're, you're also a porn star. So I would get mentioned all the time, be like, when's your porn coming out? When you're only fans? I was like, guys, like, it's not the same. Thing. <laughs> um, anyways, my book is famous. Anus. It's on Amazon and all other bookstores. 
Uh, and then my old podcast is Shame on You. If you want to listen, there's like 10 episodes out and then like another probably 65 behind the paywall on Patreon. Just go to any episode. You'll have the link. Yes, you have to pay. I'm a smart cookie. I archived it out of it and it's a great passive income stream. But uh, if you want to listen to Unmentionable, which is kind of like a different show, it's still gay sometimes, but it's really just a political sex, drugs, ridiculous show. It's completely different. Every Friday, all players. And then some people watch it on YouTube. Um, you can see it there, but um, most people just listen to it on audio. I love it. Well, Jordan, thank you so much for coming on the show. And hopefully you can come on my face. When it's all done. <laughs> That's how we do it around here. That's how we do it. All right, guys. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Sex Ed with Tim podcast. Sex Ed with Tim is created and produced by me, Tim Lagman. Music is Aces High by Kevin McLeod. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram at GaySlutClown and at Sex Ed with Tim. You can also like and follow me on the Sex Ed with Tim Facebook page. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Even better, you can also support the show on Patreon, where you can get early access to ad-free episodes and more. Thanks for all your support, you dirty little slut. Okay, we're at home with Jen, who is taking out the trash. That's right, and goodness, look at that designer sweater and jeans combo. Oh, she is nailing that cozy, casual look. Oh, she's opening the can, and the trash is in. She is working that driveway. Well, with Marshall's amazing prices on designer fall fashions, no one can blame her for feeling this fabulous. Whoa! Oh, just look at that lipstick. Better get to Marshall's. Oh, I'm leaving right now. Fabulous brands. Feel good prices at Marshall's. Marshall's.